This is a Triple J podcast. Pip, we've been busy, busy girls. Had a very busy weekend. Yes, and we've had a real week of loving ourselves sick. Firstly, Melbourne Fashion Week. Yep. Popped off. I was obsessed with my outfit. <laughs> I'm going to say it. I loved it sick. I love denim. I wore all denim. The photos looked stunning. I was really pleased, really happy. And yeah, I was like, nailed the brief. Yeah, and we got papped heaps and it was kind of like nerve-wracking, but then we saw the photos and we're like, wait, we slayed. And then you had a moment. Oh, I ate Halloween up, babes. I ate it up. I was a little devil. I felt so good in my outfit. I don't know. I'm just like riding a real high right now of this week. Yeah, which actually is the perfect timing for us to be doing this episode because like you said, we've been loving ourselves sick, loving what we look like, but are we sexually attracted to ourselves? This is a whole sexuality that we had no idea existed. Yeah, so we saw an article this week as we were scrolling, doing our research, figuring out things that we want to talk to you about. <laughs> um, and it was on Dave's Digital. And the title is Autosexuality, We Speak to the People Who Turn Themselves On. So they found three people who identify as autosexual and they talked to them about their experiences, about what it feels and looks like to be sexually attracted to yourself. Yeah, and Pip and I had like never, ever heard of this term before. Yeah. We were like, saw the title and we're like, News autosexual to me. what? What Sorry? is this? <laughs> what is going on here? And it was so interesting. Like these people who were quoted in the article really opened up vulnerably about like what it feels like to be autosexual. Yeah, like there was this one guy um, and he was describing his relationship with himself as addictive and said that he wasn't even able to climax with other people. Like it was basically near impossible for him to reach an orgasm with a partner. It's like... What? Isn't that crazy? Oh, the other one as well who like hid a mirror under his bed and would bring the mirror out and just like fuck himself while lying on the mirror and looking at himself and masturbating and it's like whoa so this is new ground for us yeah and so obviously if you like us had no idea what autosexuality is we were like let's get our best friend sexologist lauren french on the show to give us a proper definition and fully unpack this for us someone who's autosexual is someone who is sexually attracted to themselves so auto is in like it's that thing of self, someone who is sexually attracted to themselves, finds themselves and images of themselves sexually attractive and, you know, gets off on the idea of kind of, you know, being intimate with themselves. So the first thing I thought of upon seeing this article was just like, isn't this masturbation? Isn't it just solo play with yourself? But it's actually not quite that. I feel when people think of masturbating, they think of hand on genital, sex toy on genital, and it's really like A to B done. And I think when we think if you were to, you know, widen the vocabulary to like making love to yourself, it's like, okay, what's the whole body experience you could bring into that? Uh, You know, what are the different senses? Are we looking at ourselves in a mirror while we do it? Are we, you know, uh, literally, you know, being really close to a mirror, you know, almost that point where you're not even sure where you are and the mirror image of you are is like you're kind of, you know, leaning against a mirror. So, you know, you're really creating that visual component. Is it a space of... I'm almost wondering of like if you could even do it as that kind of like eyes closed touching self, picturing yourself touching yourself, like instead of picturing someone else touching you, you know, so removing like either super increasing visual component or completely removing visual visual component. Um, I must admit I have heard the really fun idea of, you know, uh, 
making a mold of your own penis and using that to like play with yourself. And I kind of love that. I think that's really great. Though I think you could do, I wonder if you could do a similar thing with like a silicon mold of a vulva and like use that as like a mound to like rub against. Because I feel you could probably do the exact same thing as well with that. How interesting. Hey, it's not just like you said, people like masturbation. It's like could look like so many different things, but I think it's like really just trying to, it's properly trying to fuck yourself. It's like whether in a mirror with a mold. And the interesting part was like people in the article said that they felt grief that they actually can't physically properly do it. Yeah. They were really upset about it. Yeah. Like they actually can't have a relationship with themselves, which is so interesting. And, you know, it made us wonder like how common is this? Is this something that people can relate to? So, so we asked Lauren, do many people identify as autosexual? I'd probably heard of it a couple of years ago, but it probably wasn't in this labeling. Like I'd heard of the idea of this right. sort of the kind of self-sexual experience. But I think at the time it was really discussed as kind of an extension of masturbation or an extension of something like it wasn't talked about in its own right. You know, it's definitely something that I don't hear about very often, hasn't come up a huge amount. So it was super fascinating when it was brought up and like actually talked about openly. So Pip and I were talking to people in the office about this. Anyone that will listen, we're like, we're working on this episode about autosexuality, explained it to them. (laughs) And the general consensus from people was like, sounds like a narcissist. Oh, yeah, 100%. Everyone was like, this is voyeurism. This is very self-centered. And I think people really assume the worst with autosexuality. So obviously we had to put that to Lauren and here's what she reckons. It's one of those ones where I'm like, I have no idea because I don't think there's enough information in, in like particularly in that article there's like three people and I'm like oh I feel they're on a real particular point on that spectrum if if we're looking at autosexual as a spectrum and I think there's a difference when we talk about like sexual love for self and narcissism of like the perception of self because I think when we talk about narcissism it's not always simply about physical it's not about like narcissism is you know looking at kind of a potential personality disorder. When we're looking at a space of like really like loving yourself as a sexual being, as a as your body, as this kind of turn on, I feel they, they are kind of in separate spaces. Yeah, and other than narcissism, Lauren said that she kind of thought maybe it's a safety thing. Yeah, like a lot of people might have sexual trauma. They might have had really bad relationships in the past, so they have trust issues. But yeah, she had a really interesting point of view that they didn't even mention in the article. The idea of safety, that was the first thing that came up when I read this and I was hearing people talk, like the people talking about their autosexual identity, was how safe that must feel. If you're being sexual with just yourself, there's no, like, there's no surprise, you know exactly what's going on, there, there is no risk in it, there's no risk of pregnancy, of STIs, there's no risk of harm, there's no risk, like it's literally one of the safest experiences you can have. Yeah, and yeah. not that I'm saying that if you've had, like a traumatic experience, you have to then no, be no. into this space. But I was just like, that's the first thing that came to my brain and the mm. safety of it. And I was like, oh, that's a really that's a really interesting take on this. And like particularly if you haven't ever had safe spaces to explore your sexuality, if you've never felt safe to be expressive with a partner, like there might be some really internalised shame with people. Or you're like, this could just 100% be your identity. But I'm just like, it's an interesting space around safety. Another interesting part of the experiences that people quoted in this article was that they felt a lot of shame Mm. about their sexuality. Like they felt like they had to hide it. They had to keep it a secret. Um, Someone even quoted here said, I had to keep it a secret. It was like a forbidden love affair. Yeah, which I feel like I completely understand. Like 
again, like you and I are coming at this from very like fresh eyes and we were already like not sure about this, like had no idea. And like we had with the open office plan discussion, people assumed the worst about narcissism yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And in the article, they spoke to a sexologist and relationship therapist uh, called Gigi Engel. She said, autosexuality is unpalatable to people because it's shrouded in every layer of our darkest shame, masturbation, self-love, and gazing into the mirror. Yeah, and she kind of second their experience of shame, saying, in anticipation of judgment, some autosexuals have learned to conflate their love with shame. And I'm sure, like, for anyone listening, you might not identify as autosexual, but you might understand that experience of shame of being like, I love myself. Or like, you know what I mean? Even us at the top talking about, like, us at Fashion Week in our um, Halloween costumes. I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, are people going to think we're a fucking narcissist? Oh, it? no, totally. Yes. And also I feel like it's a very Aussie thing as well. Tall poppy To be, syndrome. like, self-deprecating and being, like, cut yourself down. Like, humble yourself. Yeah. Like, that is so, so common. So for somebody to just openly be like, hey, I find myself, like, hot, sexy, beautiful. I fuck a mirror. Yeah, Lauren backs all of this. I think there's definitely huge judgment in this space. Like, even as we're talking, I can hear the eye rolls and the, like, people listening being like oh they want to like bang themselves whatever like I can hear it because there is innate judgment in that idea of I even the like closer end of I like looking at myself if if I said that to someone just like yeah I love looking at myself in the mirror the judgment you would get from that like we don't live we don't live in a space where like it's okay for me to just say I look amazing I love looking at myself I turn myself on like that's not normal chat I feel like that's a a common Maybe, I don't know how common, but a lot of, like, dialogue around, like, ugh, like, I roll, another label, yeah, another sexuality, um, which I think, you know, you, even you might be listening, feeling that way. Totally. But Lauren was like, no, this is an important conversation and we need to validate people how they want to identify. I'm not a person to invalidate someone's label. I'm very much aware of you pick your own label and you, everyone respects your label because it's yours and you've chosen it. And I'm also a big believer in because I teach a lot of this stuff. It's like I'll talk to people in older generations who will be like, why do you need so many labels? Like in our day we had gay and bi and everything was good. And I'm like, yeah, but not. And, you know, it's that thing of, you know, as time goes on we find more labels that better fit people. And so I completely feel that. Okay, so obviously Dee and I have talked about this article a lot. We're obsessed with it. We it's really so interesting. You know, we were pouring over it, like reading every detail. But, of course, we're bringing it back to you. We wanted to do a little temperature check and see if we could find anyone who could relate. And we did. We posted a bunch of stories on Instagram. And surprisingly, a lot of people got back to us who could resonate with this feeling. Yeah. This person here says, I think I am autosexual. I still enjoy sex with a partner, but I find it mentally taxing and prefer myself as nobody compares. Yeah. A lot of people were just saying, I thought this was normal. And yeah, most people in our DMs didn't identify as autosexual, but there were definitely parts of autosexuality that they resonated with when it comes to like being turned on on by yourself like the whole photo filming like putting on a sexy outfit feeling yourself nothing turns me on more ever than me really feeling myself and getting a hot pick and it doesn't even have to be for anyone but just really admiring myself and my body and how I feel um, I don't think I've ever been turned on by another person as much as 
I have been turned on in that situation. When you look at yourself, you're just like, oh, let's go. <laughs> I really like looking at myself in the mirror and especially when my partner can't see. I feel sort of removed from myself, like I'm watching other people do it. I don't know, it's really hot. So some years ago, I was in a long distance relationship and my partner and I got in the habit of sending one another, you know, like sexy videos and we'd take heaps of photos for one another. And I found the whole process like super erotic. Like I um, really enjoyed kind of kicking back after a session of making content for my partner and going through it myself and you know really being aroused by what what I was seeing and I know that I'm a bit of a voyeur anyway so I wonder if that plays into it. I've taken photos and videos of myself and found that to be really attractive and turned me on um, to the point where I've often even masturbated over that. Um, so yeah, I guess I would say that I find myself sexually attractive. Okay, so loved all of that. Hot? Very hot. Especially like the long distance stuff. Like I, I was can... like, oh yeah, you know, I've sent selfies and I've been like, oh yeah, I look good, you know? Sometimes it's like if you send the photo first, that's what turns you on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then you get one back and then you're obviously turned on by that photo but whatever the video that you get back. But it's like mm-hmm. the first initial one of yourself is like, oh. Exactly. And yeah, Lauren was saying to us that prioritizing solo play and loving your body is so, so important. Particularly in the clinical work that I've done, it's so hard to get a lot of people to prioritize masturbation, prioritize self-love, prioritize giving themselves pleasure. And it is really viewed as, oh, you masturbate when you don't have a partner or when you're when they don't want to have sex. Or like it, it's like it's like the takeaway kind of like, oh, it's this thing you do and like, oh, we can't have the great, beautiful this. We just get that. Like when it's so not that, it can be a beautiful part of sex in and of itself and so amazing to explore your own sexuality. Yeah, I think this part of it is really interesting uh, and they talk about it in the article, but the idea that like the partner is the default, that everyone just assumes that you're going to find a partner, that you have sex and it's with a partner and it's, you know, it's not really spoken about like, oh, how like how's your sex life? And you're like, yeah, I had sex with myself. Like yeah. it's always like, who are you fucking? Who are you with? Are you dating? And it's like sad if you're single. It's like, oh, masturbation. Oh, you're just doing that because you don't have anyone else. That sucks for you. Yeah, and Lauren almost reckons that like maybe there's a lot to learn from people who identify as autosexual um, or who resonate with it because they don't worry about not having a partner. They love in themselves. I think across the board we have, you know, people have discomfort being on their own. Like people are people are not comfortable being on their own, like to go on a date for themselves, even like in a non-sexual manner, the amount of people, like I travel a lot for work. And so I'm constantly taking myself on dinner dates solo in random places in Australia. Obsessed. And like, I'll be like, yeah, I feel like treating myself, going to like an oyster steak dinner and like doing things. And I'll have a full little like date night with myself. And people look at me like, oh my God, you sit on your own in a restaurant and eat a fancy meal. That is so sad. And I'm like, well, judgy thank you sit back but it's like well no it's like that's such a fun experience for me and they go but you're just like on your own that's like awful and sad and the people who are when they're single desperately want to be in relationships not because of the person but because of the idea of I don't want to be alone and I think there is a big movement of just running from being alone Mm. and people not being able to stop and be with themselves let's talk about the self-love movement that's been happening the past couple of years 
it's actually like a really nice practice to love yourself in this way. And like we were talking about with the shame aspect before, we're often taught to just not, you know, tap into that side of ourselves. But obviously it's been such a growing trend over the last couple of years that like self-love is on the rise and people are prioritizing it. Yeah. Hello. We did a whole episode pretty much about this, like the body image, the shame, the self-love, how important it is, how there's been a huge movement towards that. Um, If you haven't listened to that episode, obviously go listen to it. Yeah. And somebody quoted in the day's article was saying that autosexuality opened up this whole new realm and it opened up the door to me falling in love with me and it being okay. And yeah, like a big part of what you were telling us in our DMs was that it really helped your own journeys of like self-fulfillment and self-love. Yeah, I think it's a really healthy and really beautiful thing to be able to appreciate yourself as a sexual being. Very fulfilling, very empowering. Yeah, I'm looking forward to doing it again because it kind of felt ritualistic in that I was honouring my body, I was pleasuring myself and I could feel it and see it as well. You know, at the start of this episode, I was a little bit cynical But now hearing from you and how it's benefited you, how you feel about yourself, how it's a really positive experience, I kind of feel like I could get on board. You're about to go home, whip out the camcord, (laughs) shoot a whole movie. Vintage babe. Vintage babe. Get on your sexy lingerie and watch it back. No, but actually... Maybe could we, be interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm like interested. And Lauren says, Lauren, okay, Lauren gave some great partying advice for you as well. Yeah, so when you stop listening to this, um, go masturbate in front of a mirror. Um, you know, just really set the scene, you know, get some can you know, just like make a lovely romantic environment with yourself, you know, really do a lot of eye contact with yourself and just see what happens. Once again, we have learnt so much along the way. We oh. always tell you this. We're not the experts. No, actually. And we learned so much from you. Like there was so much that we learned from you in our DMs. And don't forget, you can always, always message us at Triple J The Hookup. Maybe there's an article. Like, you know, we scrolled on past autosexuality in this day's article. Yeah. So maybe you've seen something and you want us to cover it. Yeah, get in touch um, through the DMs if you're old school. The hookup at abc.net.au is our email address. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.